All right, welcome back to another alignment discussion podcast broadcast meeting of conscious creators. I'm Asher. I'll be uh, your host for today. Um, let's start off with giving the listeners a little bit of information about our way of the conscious creator process and how it can help you. And then we'll dive into today's topic, which is overcoming unhealthy attachments. All right, the way of the conscious creator. A conscious creator's purpose is to help fulfill fundamental human needs and guide others who have a desire and willingness to do the same. These needs are security, connection, community, intimacy, communication, creative expression, sensation, progression, and reflection. Our process is outlined in the following set of measures. Number one, we recognize habit patterns that undermine our purpose. Number two, we gain awareness of those habit patterns. Number three, we acknowledge the effects of supporting those self-defeating habit patterns. Number four, we begin to cultivate a curious and receptive mind. Number five, we accept the possibility of new, life-affirming experiences. Number six, we bring our perspective into alignment with our purpose. Number seven, we commit to acting upon the insights of a conscious and creative mind. Number eight, we create space by releasing what no longer serves us. Number nine, we consciously create new life-affirming experiences. The way of the conscious creator is a spiritual practice. After achieving physical sobriety, many in recovery find that their established habit patterns diminish the quality of their recovery and increase their chances of relapse. In order to sustain conscious contact with the greater power than self, recovering addicts need to become responsible for the mental effects of their undermining habit patterns. We practice meditative mantras to help the trauma-affected mind become open to new life-affirming possibilities. Our spiritual practice mitigates the effects of self-defeating habit patterns, much like chemotherapy can shrink tumors or medication can make a virus undetectable. This creates the mental space to reconnect with the greater power than self gradually over time, which helps us to overcome our intellectual resistance through a direct personal experience. Conscious Creators meets regularly in order to cultivate a community that's based upon mutual fulfillment. We come together in a sincere and intentional space with the singleness of purpose that might otherwise be unavailable. Our anonymous, um, our anonymous discussion meetings are uploaded onto our Conscious Creator podcast so that others may benefit as well. Our alignment discussion podcasts occur every Thursday at 11 a.m. at Pathfinders Club, which is located at 3367 Glendale Boulevard. Conscious Creators is written by the Creative Collective Alliance. If you'd like more information or would like to become one of our active participant uh, members, uh, email us at addressingthecause at gmail.com. That's A-D-D-R-E-S-S-I-N-G the cause, all one word, at gmail.com. All right, a little bit about our uh, alignment discussion podcast. So 
Um, our alignment discussion podcast is actually divided into two sections. We have an active participation table. And this table is for those who are electing to actively participate in today's alignment discussion. There are usually between two and four active participants per meeting. Active participants are encouraged to, number one, ask questions. Number two, share their unique perspective on the topic. And number three, be open to answering questions from other active participants. Okay. Those not seated at the active participation participation table are invited to take on more of an active listening role. Please refrain from commenting or disrupting the discussion, commenting on or disrupting the conversation. At 11.45, we will open up the discussion and invite the active listeners to share their unique perspective on the topic as well. The purpose of our alignment discussions is to engage in authentic dialogue to expand upon the conscious creator process and make it more relatable and helpful for others. Our discussions are uploaded onto the Conscious Creator podcast, and portions of our anonymous broadcast may be included in the final edition of the Conscious Creator's Handbook. All right, now that we got that under uh, out of the way, um, today's topic, we decided we're embarking into a series of new discussions that are centered around um, overcoming self-defeating habit patterns. And in Conscious Creators, we define self-defeating as something that undermines our purpose and welfare. And as was already stated in the introduction, our purpose as Conscious Creators is to help fulfill those fundamental needs that were listed um, and guide others who have a desire and a willingness to do the same. So... In order to be of maximum usefulness and service to the collective consciousness of love and truth, we ourselves must maintain an inner internal wholeness and joyfulness. And this is a wholeness and joyfulness that can only come from being fully integrated as a human being. And when I say integrated, I mean that our identity, our threefold nature, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual are all uh, in harmony and are all um, in communication with each other and are all actively, you know, giving and taking with one another. So what often happens with someone who is an unconscious creator is they are locked into the collective consciousness of instinctual fear which makes them obsessed with control, either being controlled by others or controlling others. And so that collective consciousness of fear and control causes us to live in our trauma avatar. That's what we call it. Other people might have called it the shadow self or the ego, but it's very much like a trauma avatar. It's an avatar and it's a projection of our accepted core beliefs and our accepted thought patterns and our accepted narrative that we've been carefully constructing throughout the years since our early childhood. And this narrative and these beliefs um, define us as a person, and they definitely set limitations on our worthiness and ability, at least the worthiness and ability that we have accepted about ourselves. So self-defeating beliefs and unconscious thought patterns and 
um, thought impressions stored within the subconscious all um, fuel this trauma avatar. And when we are in the trauma, trauma avatar, we become so identified with it and so invested in its survival that we totally neglect our fundamental needs as human beings and we live inauthentically. And so there are a series of 21 self-defeating habit patterns that we have identified in the way the conscious creator process. And each one of these habit patterns is uh, very much a foundational stone in the existence of our trauma avatar and is very much fueling our reactive and fearful uh, existence on the planet um, living in that um, collective consciousness of fear and control. And so we're going to go through all of these one by one, and we're going to break them down. Um, we're going to learn a little bit about them. We're going to do a habit pattern inventory on them today. And that's going to be part one. We're just kind of going to see the futility of continuing to support such a pattern. And then, you know, only then will we be able to kind of drop the rock and say, all right, cool. Like, this is all I'm going to get from this. This isn't going to magically turn into something else. Um, so, and then that's where we, we want to invite that higher power, that greater power than self. And we're going to say, you know, I've been unconsciously recreating these same patterns. I've been indulging in these um, automatic habit patterns of thought and behavior. And they've been, I've been consistently attracting these kind of circumstances and consciously, unconsciously creating these sort of circumstances in my life. And um, I'm over it. I'm, I'm bottomed out with it. I don't want it anymore. It hurts. It's inadequate. Um, I want to know what else is possible for me. And in order to really tap into that possibility and begin to create beyond those established patterns, we need power. And that power needs to come from somewhere other than the trauma avatar. And so the first step in the process is to really just acknowledge, uh, you know, acknowledge a habit pattern that doesn't serve us anymore. That's undermining our purpose. It's undermining our ability to fulfill our fundamental needs. So today's pattern is um, creating insecure and unhealthy attachments. And that's actually the 10th, it's the 10th habit pattern on the list. And so what we're going to do is um, we're going to, we're going to do the habit pattern inventory on it and the habit pattern, we're going to do the reading on it first. So let's just, you know, gain a little awareness of what it means to be, uh, unhealthily attached to people, places, and things. What is an unhealthy attachment? What is an insecure attachment? What the hell is an attachment in general? And in conscious creators, it should be noted that the opposite of attachment is connection. So when we're attached to something, it's not the same as being connected to it. A connection allows for, um, you know, 
a flow, uh, a back and forth flow of communication. There's, it's alive, it's growing, it's, um, it's very much communal, it's very much co-creative, it's very much um, alive with possibility. And there's an interchange and a, an interplay of ideas and communication between uh, whatever it is that we're connecting with. So uh, I have a connection with my um my daughters and it's uh you know but you know and when i'm uh, with them i'm fully connecting with them and being fully present in the moment and fully present to the experience that we're sharing but i'm very much um when they leave there's not a uh you know i'm not attached in a way where i feel a deep void or some sort of longing or there's some sort of absence or now i feel some sort of incompletion when they're not around no they're always around and i'm connected to their spirits or the consciousness of their beings and so we always feel each other um and that doesn't mean that when i'm with them i feel i love them any less fully than i would you know uh, I still love as fully as anyone else, um, but I can connect with them and then I can disconnect from them. And because I have this inner wholeness and this inner joy, because I'm living my life from the inside out, external circumstances don't really matter. I'm going to love, I'm going to bring truth and love to whatever's in front of me, um, whether it's my daughters or whether it's an angry customer at Trader Joe's or whoever it is. That's, you know, that's my employer. That's where I gain my sustenance. And when I maintain a connection to that spiritual love and truth, that indwelling, inexhaustible resource of spiritual energy within me, I don't get tired. I don't need 10 coffees a day. I don't, people don't wear me out. Like I just, um, I'm in connected to something, a greater creative power, a greater creative energy than my finite self. My authentic higher self has emancipated itself from that trauma avatar and is tapped back into that tree of life or that spiritual ocean of energy that exists within me and extends through the God consciousness of the entire infinite all. So... And if I have all my only job is to maintain that connection and stay on my spiritual surfboard and continue to co-create and to vibrate at that frequency, which is above that of the trauma avatar. And so in order to do that, I need to go in and I need to knock out these established habit patterns that have been plaguing me or that, that I get these habit patterns, if they're still active, and they still take up some of my spiritual bandwidth, then when I interact with situations or I attract situations to me, I'll be triggered back into that habit pattern. And when I get triggered back into that habit pattern, I'm falling into my trauma avatar just a little bit. And when I'm falling back into my trauma avatar a little bit, in the beginning, it feels familiar and it feels comfortable because it's what I've lived in my whole life. In fact, reaching beyond that trauma avatar or that identity or persona that I've been creating for so long. It's very um, unfamiliar. I'm basically reaching into the unknown. I'm reaching into chaos. I'm reaching into uh, uncertainty. And so my association with the unknown and uncertainty is fearful. So I've had to change up little by little my association to what the unknown means. 
And so for me, the unknown today isn't something that's a potential threat. It's a potential opportunity for growth and expansion. So leaning into the unknown, leaning into my moments that I'm not sure how they're going to play out. I'm not sure what feelings they're going to bring up for me or how vulnerable I'm going to feel in them. But I have faith in this power, this, this, uh, the spiritual craft that I am now surfing on and riding these waves with, um, it's been a little battle tested now. And I have faith that um, I am being supported and guided by something far beyond my limited capacities and something way beyond anything that the trauma avatar could come up with. The one thing I have discovered is that the trauma avatar is definitely an unfit guide and it's definitely never going to get me where I truly desire to go. Okay, so let's go ahead and um, hold on a sec. I just need to go get my reading glasses, and I'll be right back. All right, so in overcoming unhealthy attachments, it should be understood right here that we're going to be aiming to overcome an established habit pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments. We're going to overcome that established habit pattern. We're going to, we're going to basically override that pattern by aiming at and concentrating upon a habit pattern of cultivating secure and healthy bonds or connections. That's how we overcome that. We don't wrestle with it. We're not trying to figure it out or get to the bottom of it. We just want to acknowledge, number one, that we have created that pattern. And number two, we want to take a look at that and discover how that pattern is affecting our living experience and our connection to our shared reality, the people, places, and things that make up our shared reality. How is that like, how is that benefiting or how is that undermining our ability to connect? And so let's go ahead and read a little bit about that. So our relationship to people, places, and things becomes unhealthy when something essential is lacking. All of us have fundamental needs. When our needs are neglected, we cannot be complete. As children, we were, of course, unaware of this. A child doesn't say, my life is missing love, intimacy, and creative expression. Instead, they say, there's something wrong here. Either something is wrong with the world or there is something wrong with me. And those of us who decided that there must be something wrong with the world end up taking extreme measures to protect ourselves. We become driven by this decision. Driven so hard, in fact, that our efforts to climb up the social hierarchy quite often cost us our heart and soul. Those of us who decide that there is something wrong with ourselves rather than the world seem unable to make our way through life. We spend much of our time creating scenarios in order to be saved. We turn everything else, we turn everything into someone else's fault. Some of us go to great lengths to hide the effects of past trauma and others go to great lengths to personify those effects. In either case, these decisions alter our perspective on life. Our perspective becomes corrupted by our need for control. This undermines our purpose and welfare. When we allow our childhood decisions to define the world and ourselves, we live inauthentic lives that are disconnected from spiritual love and truth. The root cause of our propensity to create insecure and unhealthy relationships 
is our unseen attachment to hidden narratives and beliefs. For example, when we, we believe we are unworthy, we will go to great lengths to prove that our belief is true. This is where the many forms of self-sabotage come into play. We will often reject opportunities that go against the grain of our core beliefs. The opportunities we reject are often ones that reflect our most cherished desire for love, intimacy, and creative expression. While we want these things, due to past trauma and neglect, we are unable to receive them. Instead, we insanely protect ourselves from them as if they were dangerous threats. These bewildering cycles of self-induced suffering cause us to experience feelings such as blame, shame, or regret. These are feelings that compel us to find escape. In order to overcome this habit pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments, we need to, number one, acknowledge that this habit pattern is self-defeating. Number two, begin to accept that we are able to cultivate secure and healthy connections. And three, learn to practice mantras to support us as we lean into healthy connections. All right, so today we're going to gain awareness of the self-defeating habit pattern by working a habit pattern inventory. Um, this We will draw upon our personal experience and share a unique perspective. So what I like to do first when we're going through this is to reread what was just written, but kind of like elaborate on it and give you some examples. So our relationship to people, places, and things becomes unhealthy when something essential is lacking. So what this is stating is that we are incomplete and there's a void within us. We're not whole and joyous. We are, we are not plugged into that ocean of spiritual love and truth, that abundance that dwells within the consciousness of our being. We don't have a, a, a working relationship or a conscious contact and a consistent connection to that. We can't draw upon that resource there is a void. So what we're doing instead is we're running around utilizing people, places, and things to fill us up. So we're living life from the outside in. We're attaching to different energy sources and pulling in their energy so we can have a fleeting moment of uh, fullness or wholeness internally. We can feel okay for a second. Of course, that's not sustainable. And the reason why we are incomplete internally is because the, we're, we're neglecting our fundamental needs. There's an absence of intimacy, intimate connection and creative expression and you know serenity and wholeness and joy and all these things that come with being a fully integrated spiritual being living a human experience. Okay, so... So when our needs are neglected or when we neglect our needs, we are incomplete. We cannot be complete. And this, this is a pattern that most of us have fallen into from way back in the days when we were children. As children, we were, of course, unaware of this. A child sitting there being neglected by their parents or being yelled at by their parents or being a punching bag, an emotional punching bag for their parents who are freaking out because life is challenging. In fact, it's often impossible and it's a grind and it's whatever. Um, these children sitting there enduring these conditions don't sit there and say to themselves, hmm, I'm missing love, intimacy, and creative expression. Instead, they say, there's something wrong here. 
this person's crazy and scary, this world's per scary and crazy, or I'm fucking not right. And I, I am, there's something fundamentally wrong with me because everyone around me is treating me this way. So that's all they know as little children. And they internalize those experiences and they start to think in certain ways and they start to react in certain ways and they start to then alter their perspective. And that childhood innocence just goes down the toilet and they begin to interact with their shared reality through a fearful and controlling perspective. And they learn to love fearfully, much like their caretakers are doing to them. And as that innocence kind of fades away, as that internal connection is, is unplugged, as that internal connection to spiritual love and truth is slowly unplugged and dropped on the floor there, that child starts to dawn a persona or it starts to create a trauma avatar. It starts to create a, it starts to split. That authentic self begins to create a shield or a persona that can then interact with these other inauthentic, fractured um, people who are taking care of them or raising them. Because there's no opportunity for authentic, intimate, vulnerable connection. So they must, uh, you know, do, get love how they can. And so they create the trauma avatar or their persona in order to relate in the ways that those who are raising them need them to relate. All right. So, um, so when those, some of us decide that there's something wrong with the world and they take extreme measures to insulate themselves and protect themselves from that dangerous, scary world. And that's much like my sister. You know, we grew up with similar circumstances and she became valedictorian. She got three masters. She went to Wharton. She went to, you know, climbed up the corporate ladder and, you know, was working for all these world banks and stuff. And then she got sick. And I'm not going to get into personal stuff, but it's like it, it, it had a physical effect. Her being driven for the need for control and security so much. After a time, her body just broke down. She couldn't hang with it. And on my end, I was the one who was like, well, there's definitely something wrong with me. I was raised by angry, like crazy alcoholic people. And I internalized all that. And I said, well, I must be a piece of shit or broken or no, you know, because when you're just ignored day after day, imagine just being ignored or when there's no opportunity on the, on the table for authentic bonds and connections <clears throat> and nobody really sees you. All right, because they don't have the time to see you. They have a mortgage. They're a single parent. They have two kids. It's just the way it's set up is just like there, there's just until until I was a parent, I couldn't fully understand and forgive my caretakers for their transgressions because I just had no clue. And I don't even I'm not set up. I'm not experiencing even one third of what they had to go through. So hats off to them for even doing that because I, I i if i had to do what they had to do i probably would have just bailed on my kids and left them so in that walk going into the parenting experience if it were set up the way that it was set up for my parents i'm not sure that i would have been able to stick with it but the way i structured mine with the help and splitting up the week and just learning to be friends with my co-parent and her having a husband and me having like a a built-in aunt or uh like a basically a, a family member that I lived with for the first 10 years with my kids, there was enough around. It was able, I was able to sustain my part of the week, which is all I could really commit to. And thankfully I did. And now the girls are nine and I'm capable of more than that. But 
uh, I had to overcome all those early childhood patterns of uh, neglect and kind of insanity. So, uh, but that's a, that's a topic for another uh, podcast. But what I wanted to do was, is just kind of get into like, I thought there was something wrong with me. And that led me to becoming a convicted felon, uh, becoming a homeless street junkie, you know, selling my body, doing all the things that we do in active addiction to invalidate our existence and just to kind of confirm the belief that we're, you know, unworthy, incapable, victim, um, inadequate human being. And so, you know, some of us end up in the White House trying to hide all that. And some of us end up on the street corner holding a sign that says, you know, spare any change, but we're kind of both driven by the same traumas. So, and that's that trauma avatar. It's just how the trauma avatar chooses to go about expressing itself, but it's inauthentic either way. Um, okay. So in either case, these decisions alter our perspective on life. Our perspective becomes corrupted by our need for control. So as we cease being a source of love and bringing that love to the world as we cut ourselves off from that internal ocean of spiritual love and truth uh our perspective becomes fearful and we start to look at the world and other things that we start to need that world we kind of step into this garden of needing if you will we need something other than ourselves in order to feel complete because there's no longer that internal conscious connection to spiritual love and truth. So, you know, obviously uh, our perspective of wholeness and joy is now a perspective of like, I'm incomplete and I need something other than myself to feel okay. And though that's a very big fundamental shift that happens with all of us when we're young and we're not even aware of it. And, you know, um, they call it losing our innocence. But really, we're just turning away from or bracing up against or suppressing our connection to spiritual love and truth because we need to kind of don this armor in order to survive with all these other people who are, are you know, fully dressed in armor and battle gear and, you know, try and soldier their way through this, you know, this, this uh, physical experience as uh, little uh, instinct mind driven trauma avatars. All right, so when our, our perspective becomes fearful and needing control, uh, it starts to undermine our purpose and welfare. We start, um, we start allowing our childhood decisions to define the world or ourselves. This begins to cause us to live inauthentic lives that are disconnected from spiritual love and truth. Um, the root cause of our propensity to create insecure and unhealthy relationships is our unseen attachment, our inner attachments to hidden narratives and beliefs. So if we're, you know, creating a narrative about ourselves that, you know, people always let us down or when she finds out who I really am, then she's going to leave me or, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this. I don't know why they're hiring me. They must not know who I am. When so-and-so gets close enough to me and they see who I really am, they're going to find out and then they're going to bail on me because they just don't know me yet. All that narrative is connected to beliefs that are totally born from decisions people made as small children. 
trying to understand impossible situations. And all that is just unconscious dribble drabble coming from a trauma avatar that's inauthentic. It's only true within their own minds. And it only exists when we give it power and we actively create that. And what that looks like is, for example, when we believe we're unworthy, we will go to great lengths to prove that this belief is true. What do we do by doing that? We will push away people who see our worthiness and we will chase after people who are uh, neglectful or insincere or only want to use us for certain things because of their trauma avatar. And we will have unexpected unexpressed and unrealistic expectations of those individuals that they're going to be able to be emotionally there for us and love us in some capacity that they are unfit and incapable of providing for us. And when that happens, of course, the inevitable comes where they leave us or cheat on us, or they get so close to us that we push the ejection button and we emotionally punch them on the jaw to get rid of them because we can't let them see how horrible we really are. All those things play out and then we run away from those situations or we push so hard that they have no choice but to leave us and we get to sit there going, see, I knew that would happen. I knew I was unworthy. I knew I was unlovable. And then we can reach for whatever addictive mechanism we want, much like a security blanket and just, you know, kind of dissociate and like, like soothe our emotional dysregulation by ourselves and our addiction. It happens every day. All right, so, and then in the same light, we're going to be rejecting opportunities that go against the grain of our core beliefs. If there's an opportunity for creative recognition, and there's a bunch of people that want to give us praise, and we believe that we're unworthy and incapable, then we're going to push that away. We're going to get rid of that. That's why there's a whole thing, there's a whole process to the way of the conscious creator where we get our mind to begin to accept possibilities. We have to accept that something is possible first. So before we just start in on living it. So as we're going to go through this habit pattern inventory, the next step in this phase, the next phase in this process is going, okay, I accept that cultivating secure and healthy connect connections is possible for me. I accept that I can now cultivate secure and healthy connections. I have to accept that as a possibility first. If I just go in and start doing it, my brain is so hardwired to protect me from that, that it's just going to kick out that. It's, it's going to cause me to sabotage or undermine that possibility if it's just thrust upon me. It's like if I believe I'm ugly and I look in the mirror and I, I know I'm ugly, I've already accepted this as a fact of my existence and I call myself ugly all the time. And then I start looking in the mirror and I say, you're beautiful. That part of me, that instinct drive is going to kick that out. It's going to cause me to deflect or dissociate from that possibility of being beautiful. It's going to just kick it on down the road. I'm going to react to it. I'm going to dissociate from it. But if I go, I accept the possibility of being beautiful. I accept that being beautiful is possible for me. If I start to accept that as a possibility, it causes the instinct mind just to, to stay unactivated or deactivated and it allows those uh, thought impressions to make their way down into the subconscious or the unconscious and uh, the more of those life-affirming thought impressions that we begin to store in our unconscious mind it's like a storage device it's going to become full with those and it's going to start kicking out the self-defeating ones those will start rising to the top bubbling to the top of the tank and kind of dissipating all right that's been my experience with it all right so 
Um, I think that's good. So we're going to go in, in. So this particular habit pattern is habit pattern number 10. Habit pattern number 10. And we use the word indulge because it's uh, after a certain point. When you're a conscious creator and you're tapping into conscious awareness. And conscious awareness is an awareness that comes from and emanates from the consciousness of being. So that's your fundamental essence. It's very much what you are. So what you are is a conscious uh, spiritual entity. And who you are is this character or this persona that you've kind of layered over it, your individualized self. And um, if it's pretty much, if your individualized self is completely disconnected from that authentic self, that's a direct, you know, like there's an authentic self that's directly connected to, you know, spiritual love and truth. And then there's this inauthentic unconscious self, this trauma avatar that is severed or disconnected or unavailable uh, from it's removed. It's, it's removed from the authentic self to varying degrees, depending on trauma and, and self-imposed conditioning. So depending on how much we've conditioned ourselves and how much we have, um, how much we have kind of like, you know, bought into our trauma avatar and accept our trauma avatar as our, um, identity. Um, there'll be a, a, a diminished connection to the authentic self that's connected to spiritual love and truth. All right, so habit pattern number 10. So when I'm indulging in this habit pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments, what does my life look like? How do I tend to connect to or attach to the moments I'm sharing when I'm actively triggered into and indulging in this habit pattern? So I get triggered into this habit pattern, and then in that moment, I can recognize that I'm now activated and that that pattern is becoming active, and I have a choice in that moment. And it's a choice that I get to become more and more aware of. And it becomes more and more of a um, conscious choice as time moves along. In the very beginning, it feels like there is no choice. As soon as I get triggered into this pattern, I automatically start thinking this way and looking at the world a certain way. And there's no choice. It just happens. But as we move along and we become, we gain awareness and we start to tap into that awareness that dwells beyond the self, that awareness that comes from the consciousness of our being we do build in a pause button we do be we do actually have a choice and so when that choice is readily available and we can at least pause and be neutral to whatever's activating us if we choose to override that and just indulge in it we're, we override it and just kind of go into the habit pattern much like the buddha would uh, attach to a thought you know, it's like these clouds just kind of pass by and it's on us whether we want to attach to them or not. So it's the same with these patterns. So when I do that and I make a decision to do that, when I know that I don't have to, but I'm doing it anyway, we use the word indulge because that's what we're doing. We're indulging it. Okay, so when I do that, my life, and this is my habit pattern inventory as Asher, um, I loved, I'd love to get other people's perspectives on it as we move forward and these meetings become, um, you know, ho hopefully hotbeds of conversation where there's a bunch of different perspectives. But this is as best as I could do on my own. Um, I perceive affection as a threat. I become defiant and argumentative for no reason. 
I create conflict or drama in, in anticipation of someone leaving me. So when someone's leaving me, it's like they're, I sense they're abandoning me. And so I'll create a bunch of conflict or drama to get push them out the door so I don't have to feel abandoned. So that's the way I act out. I become manipulative and passive aggressive. I have an increased need to feel wanted, see, like to feel important. I spend a lot of time obsessing over my relationships and I tend to idolize my partners. So it's like that thing on Facebook. It's like I'm idolizing what I see on other people's Instagram feeds, but that's an outward projection. Who knows what's going on inside of them? You know what I mean? I push aside. They could have a sick mom, a, a, a partner who's cheating on them and be, you know, totally emotionally broken. But I see all these beautiful pictures that they're projecting and I think, wow, this person's got it going on. I, I, I want that. So. You know, I, so I, I, I want to develop romantic relationships, but worry that my partner will hurt or leave me. And the specific way that I worry that my partner would hurt or leave me is that they would get close enough where they would then see what I, who I really was and see how awful a person I really was or see that I wasn't enough for them and they would need someone else. I can't tell you how many times I just tried to push girlfriends onto other guys because I was like, I'm not enough. I'm not enough for you. Because I was living in my trauma avatar. I was living in an inauthentic projection of past trauma and neglect. <laughs> okay. So when I, I push aside my emotions to avoid experiencing them. So the emotions start coming up, and I, but they're not good emotions. They're emotions of like deep insecurity and fearfulness and anxiety because I'm a trauma avatar. I'm a collection or a projection of past trauma and neglect who's trying to establish a connection with this other person or this other human being. And I have no internal connection. I'm totally unplugged from that vast sea of spiritual love and truth within me. So I'm just the best I can do is I'm just going to attach to that individual. And I'm going to try to in very some kind, kind ways, sometimes not so kind ways, sometimes overt, sometimes covert ways, suck the energy from that person in order to have some energy myself because my internal connection to that inexhaustible sea of spiritual love and truth is not established. It's not happening. So I, I, I'll use this other person. So um, I'll push aside my emotions to avoid experiencing them. And I feel that I'm not good enough for the kind of relationships I envision. So all that starts going on in my head. That's the way when, when I get triggered into this habit pattern, and my trauma avatar becomes active and I begin to, my perception, my perspective shifts. Like we were saying in the reading. Um, in either case, these decisions alter our perspective on life. Our perspective becomes corrupted by our need for control. And this undermines our purpose and welfare. So when my, my perspective on life, my attitude and outlook is centered upon my inadequacies or my inabilities or my unlovability, um, when my fear of not being good enough or not measuring up to this other person, uh, there is going to be a whole bunch of manipulation and different ways to try to control and wrestle with that that are all inauthentic. And they're all going to end in disaster. They're all going to end with me hurting that person or myself or both. And reinforcing the trauma and reinforcing this pattern and then kicking it what you know so when that happens at the end of this when i create insecure and unhealthy attachments i can then reattach to my addictive mechanism whether it be a meth pipe or weed or whatever it is i could just sort of dissociate and check out and regulate my emotions myself and have complete control over that whole game 
okay? So, so when, when I'm acting in that, when I'm in my trauma avatar, when I'm perceiving affection as a threat, when I am being defiant and argumentative for no reason, when I am creating conflict or drama in anticipation of people leaving me, when I am living in deep insecurity and needing to be feel needing to feel wanted or special, when I'm doing all these things, I'm validating specific beliefs I have about myself. My trauma avatar is actively seeking to validate its core beliefs. And so we want to take a look at what this specific habit pattern of indulging in you know, basically creating insecure and unhealthy attachments. What self-defeating uh, beliefs am I actively validating? Okay, so I'm I'm I am validating the belief that I am unworthy because I'm creating insecure and unhealthy attachments that make me feel unworthy. I'm attaching myself to neglectful, emotionally unavailable women or partners who make me feel unworthy as, as a human being. I am incapable because I don't know how to love the way I see others loving, okay? And that right there, when I say I don't know how to love the way I see others loving, I'm looking at something, I'm observing it, and I'm trying to mimic and recreate what I'm looking at, which is not authentic. It's the opposite of inauthentic. When I'm living from the inside out and I'm an integrated person who is who he is, and I'm not anyone other than that, take it or leave it. I mean, I'm open to evolving and, you know, continuing to deepen uh, and um, expand as a human being. But, you know, if I'm not fully integrated and I'm not trying to just if I'm not actively consciously creating loving bonds the way that I'm guided to being a unique, sovereign, higher self, well, then, you know, I'm just wasting everyone's time. And then finally, um I am unlovable because I deny myself opportunities to love because I cannot tolerate the emotions that arise. I'm a trauma avatar who believes he's unworthy, incapable, and unlovable. So when someone tries to love me, it's going to bring up anxiety, shame, uh, fear, a million forms of fear. And I can't tolerate that. So then I'm going to you know, stab that. I'm going to emotionally assassinate that uh, opportunity by pushing that person out of my life. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to attach to drugs and alcohol. And that's just what I've done. So when I'm actively validating my core beliefs as a human being, I am also actively neglecting my, for, my fundamental needs. So what fundamental needs as a human being am I neglecting by actively seeking to validate those core beliefs I just mentioned? When I indulge in this habit pattern, I neglect the fundamental need for intimacy by shutting down. When I shut down in fear and start needing to obsessively needing to control this opportunity for connection, I lose all, I fall off my spiritual surfboard. I, my narrative turns on about that person being a secret destroyer or somehow trying to harm me. Then I start viewing them as a threat rather than someone who's just trying to love and nurture me. And all opportunities for intimacy, for vulnerability and authenticity go out the window because now I'm an animal that's being hunted. Okay. Now connection, I neglect the need for connection by attaching internally to this narrative and these beliefs about myself. So I'm attaching to my internal narrative about, you know, this person being so-and-so and me only being whatever, whatever. And this whole, I dissociate and I go into fantasy land and start to, 
to indulge in this this narrative and start to attach to my beliefs i start to live in my trauma avatar and i lose i become attached to my trauma avatar and it's exist and it's and it and its identity and i disconnect from the opportunity in front of me i disconnect from spiritual love and truth i disconnect from my authentic connection to infinite truth and when that happens i'm just like this weird like uh it's almost like a robot or something. It's not, there's no soul in it. There's no spirit. There's no spiritual being loving another spiritual being through this human experience. It's like a dissociated um, AI bot trying to control and manage its obsession with another AI bot. It's that's terrible. Okay, so uh, I I. I I neglect my need for community by obsessing upon this one person or this one attachment while neglecting friendships with others. I neglect my need for progression by living in fear and control. And when I'm living in fear and control, I am not in conscious alignment and I am incapable of downloading updates in the form of spiritual insights that help me to consciously create beyond these habit patterns. And then finally, reflection. By remaining needy and reactive, which makes it increasingly hard to connect with and receive insights from a greater power than self. And when I'm living in all this, I have a primary emotional payoff that I'm, I'm getting. So I get to feel anxious, uncertain, and shameful, which are emotions that I grew up experiencing regularly. So I've associated love and connection with anxiety, uncertainty, and shame. So those are the emotions I'm very much addicted to experiencing. So that's my emotional payoff. So that's my habit pattern inventory for this self-defeating habit pattern of cultivating and sustaining insecure and unhealthy attachments. And, uh, I absolutely have hit a bottom with it and I absolutely have a desire to create, uh, to consciously create a new life affirming experience. I have a desire to learn how to cultivate and sustain secure and healthy connections to people, places, and things. I don't know how to go about doing that. I've never really done it. I've always lived in insecure and unhealthy attachment, but I am, I have a desire and a, I have a desire to create. I, first of all, I, I recognize and I acknowledge the futility. I've hit a bottom with this. I know that this is an established habit pattern in my mind, and it's a habit pattern that's based on past trauma and neglect. And it's a habit pattern that keeps me inauthentically living in my trauma avatar and locked into this collective consciousness of fear and the need for control. And I want to live in spiritual love and truth. I want to be an authentic spiritual being having a human experience through this physical form. And I can't do that when I'm imprisoned in this small little uh, trauma avatar. So I need to acknowledge that I'm at war with myself that, that this trauma avatar is keeping me hostage, is keeping my authentic self hostage by keeping this habit pattern alive. That's really, if I were to go in there and dissolve this habit pattern or cut it off or rip it out, 
well, one of its life-giving nutrients, this is very much, this trauma avatar is very much the tree of knowledge. And I want the, to reconnect to and commune with the tree of life, okay? And so I need to, for every one of these roots that I'm able to dissolve that gives life-sustaining nourishment to the trauma avatar, there's one root that's gone that's now giving life to this tree of life. It's giving life, it's giving nourishment to this new consciously aligned character that is in alignment with my authentic higher self and is in alignment with the consciousness of my being with what I am, that spiritual love and truth within me. Okay. And that makes me 10 times more unique and individualized than anything this trauma avatar can do. Okay. So I acknowledge that I've been at war with myself and I acknowledge that this established habit pattern is futile and I have a desire to create beyond it. And I recognize that cultivating and sustaining a secure and healthy connection to the world is it would be something that would allow me to become more integrated and be more whole and have a more consistent connection to that essence, that spiritual love and truth, that consciousness of being within. And that's something I desire to experience. And I am willing to support that desire through going through this the rest of this process. So that's where it is at the end of the, at the end of this tryout of awareness, we sit and we ask ourselves questions. We say, is this habit pattern undermining your purpose? Yes. Is this habit pattern keeping you inauthentically living in your trauma avatar? Yes. Does this habit pattern keep you locked into the collective consciousness of fear and control? Yes. Do you have a desire to create secure and healthy connections instead of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments? Yes, I do. Do you have a willingness to support that desire? Yes, I do. Okay, that willingness to support that desire is going to come in the form of you beginning to work on and go through your uh, possibility mantras and then finally your alignment mantras. And so that's what we're going to cover in next week's um, podcast. Thank you so much for coming today and, and spending an hour of your life learning about all these concepts. I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to be able to impart this to you. It's been a life-altering, game-changing, transformative experience that I've been undergoing for the last 10 years, really. But it's really kicked into hyperdrive with this practice. And um, uh, I just am really grateful and honored to be able to share all this with you. And I hope it's a benefit. And if you have any questions, once again, please feel free to email me at uh, addressingthecause at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram at consciouscreators underscore LA. Thank you.